Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Tyler Davey, CEO of North America for Alchemist, about the company's new ESG solution and how businesses are progressing with ESG efforts. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Tyler Davey, CEO of North America for Alchemist. Welcome, Tyler. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, and just to get started, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Alchemist. Yeah, so I'm a CEO of Alchemist in North America. Uh, Alchemist is a 800-person health and safety uh, software company. Uh, and so we tend to focus on managing companies' risks across the entire spectrum of health and safety. And we, we've bucketed that into uh, three core pillars. Uh, so we have our EHSQ business, which is your standard uh, HSC type software that you would expect. Um, we have a couple of different platforms there that help drive safety, whether you're at an enterprise side or all the way down to a, a SMB type organizations. We have companies that are, are quite small, five, 10 person shops. It just really takes safety to heart uh, and managing everything from incidents all the way through asset management, chemical management, um, uh, reporting, uh, everything you could pretty much expect of a, a traditional software package. Then we have our supply chain compliance uh, group where we do a lot of contractor and supplier pre-qualification and, and accreditation. Uh, so pre-qualification on your typical insurance stocks or your your um, uh, right to work and permit to work on site, uh, and then uh, health health and safety accreditation by region and by geo. So whether you're in the U.S. Uh, and worried about OSHA regulations or in Canada and worried about core regulations, we just we we try and take care of everything there for you. Uh, and then finally, we have, which I think we're going to be talking about quite a bit today, our ESG platform that helps manage a company's risk around uh, how they're uh, how they're managing their environmental, social, and governance structures. And that's obviously become quite a hot topic. And we feel that you know ESG kind of completes the portfolio, if you will, across that risk spectrum from a health and safety standpoint. So we're we're really excited about the launch of it and, and happy to talk more about it. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Uh... I literally just launched that ESG solution in North America. Uh, you know, what are your what are your goals for, it and, and uh, sort of what does it uh, comprise? Yeah, so it is a science based uh, targeting system uh, that helps companies report at the top layer on how every single element of their business is applying to an ESG standard. And so we've broken it into ten major modules that we think are probably the most important modules that a company is looking for. So we look at the ones that typically apply to most organizations, and th those are the easy ones. How are you managing your carbon, your water usage, uh, your waste usage, which all start to get towards that conversation around net zero, right? And, and so we, we spent a lot of time focused on that, and that goes all the way through the site level. You can figure out if you're a large corporation, uh, how you're reporting site by site, country by country. If you're more of a smaller organization, just how your organization is doing, and typically you'd be sending that off to uh, likely people that are looking to hire you. Uh, and then we, we took it from there, which is what I think most people are doing today, and we scaled it out a little bit further because we know social is a really important area. So we looked at building out science-based targets around diversity, forced labor, um, safety, and then we took it to the next level around car, um, governance, and we added in cybersecurity, we added in uh, ESG profit, we added in anti-bribery, uh, and we also have social value. So we, we are able to provide to a company any one of those modules, uh, but all of the modules, if they really want to go forward and, and report on their entire spectrum of ESG in the market. 
So we're pretty excited about it. Um, we're getting some great feedback from some initial beta customers that we started to talk with and, and demo the solution to. Uh, and, and we think that this will be a, a good, strong value proposition around that entire risk spectrum for our customers. Excellent. Um, so I want to ask you, what do you see as the, the biggest challenges facing businesses these days when it comes to environmental compliance? Yeah, that's a great question because we, we've been doing not only our own research, but we've we've been studying the market now for quite a while. And we hired uh, a gentleman named David Picton. He's our SVP of sustainability. He's got about uh, 25, 30 years now, I think, of experience managing uh, sustainable, sustainable programs and sustainability uh, systems. Uh, so we used him as our sounding board and then we did a, a market research where we interviewed about 2,000 customers spread around Australia, the UK, the US and Canada to get a really good sense of what it is uh, that's going on. I think the first part that's usually the biggest barrier is just the sheer volume of targets that exist. And so a lot of companies right now, when they start to think about, okay, how do I start? They tend to start getting overwhelmed just by the sheer number of science-based targets that exist. Uh, just last year, there were 1,286 approved targets, which doubled 117% year over year. So when you're an organization, you're trying to figure this out around you know, the environmental side, there's a portion of those targets that will apply to you, which ones do you look at? Um, and so that, that becomes a bit of a challenge. Then the second challenge that we start to see, and this came from some of the um, customer conversations we did in that 2000 company report, lack of knowledge and understanding on staff at the ground level around what they should be working on, how they should be reporting this, where do they need to actually allocate their carbon usage or their energy usage starts to become a barrier. And then the final barrier that we're seeing is around just the lack of a common system and reporting engine that can report back. Once the uh, users are actually inputting the information, how do I report that back to the right governing bodies or to my board just so that we can move forward with it? So those tend to be the three largest areas. Um, and we think with what we've done by looking at which ones are most important from a uh, science-based targeting initiative, we think that we've we've kind of cracked the nut a little bit with some of those areas. Yeah, and obviously, you know, ESG is a, is a hot buzzword right now. And, you know, I think some companies are more... Uh, I guess, uh, in tune with it than others, how, how can companies change their focus toward environmental and safety stewardship? Yeah, this is, um, that's another great question. So this is one of those areas where I view it a lot like, uh, I think, yeah, EHSQ systems uh, in the past and trying to drive adoption of safety programs and uh, the concept of a safety culture, I think it came out in like 2016 or 2017, started becoming a common vocabulary that people started using and then you started hearing a lot more about behavior-based safety um, but everyone had to start somewhere and right now what we're seeing uh, kind of in the market is you know everyone is rushing to define a net zero target as an example but people are struggling to understand how do they get it going and then everyone's you know if you fast forward or, or sorry rewind the clock back to the way it was with safety everyone defined a target of zero incidents right we're going to get to net zero incidents with folks well then how do you do that how do you drive that type of culture and that type of change and that type of adoption inside of your ground to get people there uh, and we built a um, a series of white papers over the last two years around driving safety culture and we're going to start to tailor that more towards driving ESG as well and what we we think we have and what we think we've identified within our customers 
is that it all starts in a similar footprint. Your top level, your executive committee, they need to be measured and monetized around this. And the moment it hits their top line and they're starting to create reward-based programs within their uh, portfolio, within their divisions, to start to reward other folks around driving effective, let's say, carbon reductions uh, uh, capabilities or water usage uh, reduction or start driving diversity within their, their programs or reducing uh, or ensuring that they are completely compliant with forced labor legislations or uh, cybersecurity goes down uh, to, to zero. Once they start uh, being monetized from that perspective and start talking outwardly uh, and within their organizations about how they're achieving those type of results and rewarding people, whether it be, it doesn't always have to be monetary, it can be just simple pats on the back, emails out, by the way, this team here reduced their, their energy usage by 20% month over month, well done. That starts to drive a behavioral change immediately. Then the second area that we look at to drive that behavior change becomes the systems that are in hand. Uh, if you don't have a system in hand, that is easy to use, simple for people to get started with and, and uh, fast to learn, you'll start to run into problems where people, the data quality of what you're getting becomes uh, very low. And so we work really, really hard to try and get things right at the hands of the source so that they can use it or it's easy for them to use and input the data in, which then allows us to the third part, which is just reporting. So the reporting almost comes last through all of it because that reporting is then what drives the end result. So start at the top, get it within your systems, get it within your reward packages, be very vocal about it to drive the behavioral change and then provide the tool to the hands of the users that need to have that tool in hand so that they can start inputting real data without any data quality issues so you can report. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about data and it's just sort of, you know, obviously there's a lot of it out there. How do you kind of, you know, I guess, sift out the high quality ESG data that, that you really need from sort of all the rest of the stuff? Yeah, that is a great question because we have, because of how many approved targets there are right now, um, everyone is rushing to throw as much data as humanly possible into a system and hope it shakes out, right? right. Uh, and so what we've done with our system is we've tried to say, okay, right, we don't actually need to know all of that. There's a certain level of information we need so that you can be more compliant with what typically the SEC is looking for based on what they've just recently brought forward. I think it was two months ago, they, they uh, put forward their recommendations uh, based on what the UK government requires or the European standards are um, based on what Canada is looking for. Like we basically looked at all of those and said, right, we think this is what you need to be able to report on based on what we're seeing and based on what the, the top regulations are. And then let's centralize that data so that we can just sift it down to what is important for someone to see. And what we've looked at with customers is customers want to see at the top level their overall um, standard or where they are from a red, amber, green perspective across the entirety of the company. But then once a company starts getting into multiple divisions or multiple geographies, they actually care about the individual buildings or the individual geographies or the individual site managers and they really want to understand how they're doing there. So you might be yellow on uh, waste, but then when you open it up and you see, you can see by site level or by geo that everything is green except for one area which is red. 
and then you can drive into that and see what's going on there. So you can actually take meaningful change versus just reporting back to a regulating body of where you are. So we kind of look at it from, you know, let's centralize what we actually need to collect so we can make good decisions. Let's provide a reporting engine so that people understand where to make those decisions on and then give them enough granularity so that they can drill in as required. How much training is required for staff, you know, to kind of get them, uh, I guess, conversant with this kind of, uh, you know, this data and what they need to, what needs to be collected and measured just because I imagine for a lot of folks, this is, you know, relatively new, uh, you know, a new world to discover. Yeah, that is, you're hundred percent accurate there. Um, you know, we had, we had a customer, yeah, we take it for granted that ESG is popular. We had a customer recently ask me what ESG stood for. <laughs> um, and so when you start with that type of proposition, we really are at kind of that nascent level where folks are just trying to learn, trying to understand. And this is where consulting typically comes in quite a, quite a lot to help with that training program or help with the onboarding program and not overcooking things where you're trying to do too much too quick because it will become too overwhelming, we think. Um, and so I am, I am being a very diplomatic and not answering this question because I think it varies based on what you're trying to do. So if you try to do all of E, all of S and all of G at the exact same time across everybody in your organization, you're in for a lengthy window to train folks in there. Right. So we're starting to recommend with folks, let's just pick the one that is probably most important to you, which is likely carbon, water, waste. Start there. Let's, let's get going on that. And then we have a subset of folks that we can train there quite quickly so that they get used to the idea of reporting on it, what they need to measure, et cetera. And then, okay, now let's scale it out to the next level. You're probably worried about your social standing. You're probably worried about your diversity, your social value. You're probably worried about whether you're using forced labor or not within your supply chain. Let's add that next and then train there. So it becomes a little bit more iterative across the board to make it a little bit easy. But each organization is going to be a little bit different in terms of how long it takes. But it's not a uh, on-off switch. It, you know, you, you won't take any solution in market, frankly, and turn it on and within a day or two, your staff is trained up to go. There's going to be a little bit of training and, and culture shift there that needs to happen. Because ESG covers a lot of ground. I mean, it's a huge, you know, uh, uh, it's just a lot of stuff that it encompasses underneath, the, you know, the acronym. It, exactly right. And we only picked 10 areas to focus on. I mean, you can really start to cook this up and then have 15, 20, 30 different areas. But then, you know, it's it's almost like the um, uh, the too many riches type of conversation where you've got too much of something. It almost is, it becomes useless at that stage. So let's just focus all of our energy on where it's really important. Every organization right now across the globe is trying to figure out carbon. We know it. It's. I think it's around 87% was our last stat that we had of companies around there that we've interviewed and we've researched are trying to figure out how to solve for carbon. Start there. The next area we know that is super important to folks is cybersecurity and social, uh, whether it be diversity or social value. We know those two areas are extraordinarily important to companies, not only in North America, but around the globe. So then go move into that next lens. And then if you are into a supply chain environment, forced labor is likely your next big area coupled with anti-bribery. So then start to move down that path, right? The last area that people tend to look at is probably ESG profit. 
Um, and that's something that we can start to look at afterwards. But if you start to take that kind of iterative approach, it almost becomes um, you're, you're eating little bites at a time versus seeing this massive mountain where, you know, likely a health and safety director or health and safety manager has been asked, oh, by the way, can you solve this for us <laughs> by someone that's like, I now have to report this to my board because they're asking the question and we're seeing it constantly in market where it's, you know, if you are not doing good with ESG, you know, rogue investors are coming in to try and gobble these companies up and take board seats and force drastic change within organizations. And we, we're seeing it in the news all over. So don't overcook it, start small, go piece by piece by piece, and then you'll have a really strong health uh, ESG system there. It's no different than trying to get a company starting with an HSE system. You started with an HSE system and you have, and you bring in incident reporting and hazard assessments and training, and then you add asset management and you add chemical management and you add uh, permit to work all in one fell swoop right off the bat and you've never done it before, you're going to have a, a struggle. So we really, really focus on let's not overcook. What's the most important thing you need to report on? Start there, add. And, and this follows up, you know, what are the best ways to measure progress towards those ESG goals? I mean, obviously, you know, from what you just said, you want to kind of break it up, but how do you kind of... Uh, sort of show whether it's, you know, your leadership or, or whoever you're reporting to, um, you know, how you're making progress to, to those specific, uh, you know, categories. Yeah, we believe, so we, we have fundamental belief that it's um, what gets measured and reported on gets acted on, right? Um, and so we encourage all of our customers set ambitions, ambitious targets for what it is that you're looking to achieve. Make sure that you have a meaningful timeline of achieving it. So it's, it's great for a customer to say, we want to be net zero by 2040. You need incremental improvements that you can show and measure on a regular basis to get to that stage. Because if it's 2040 or 2030 that you're going to get to net zero or reduce carbon usage by 30% by the end of 2030, most of the employees that are in the business will not have a good way of understanding what they can do to get there because it's so far away. Right. It's too, almost too far removed, right? And so what we look with companies to say, right, say your targets for what you aspire to, and then set, set ambitious annual or quarterly targets to get there and increment it along the way, and then add those into your reporting dashboard. And our, for our solution, we happen to be the reporting dashboard for this. So you set those inside of our system, but you could do it in, in other systems if you're if you're working on something else. Uh, set that in the system and then report on that monthly. Show it, review it, make sure, again, this goes back to the uh, divisions or executives need to be measured on the success here. Have it as part of your monthly business reviews. Have it as part of your monthly all hands where you're showing it to folks and then start rewarding people regularly for achieving those targets, whether it be pats on the back or compensation wise. And if you do that and it's very visible and, and, and easy to look at dashboard, you start to see noticeable change. Um, so looking ahead, how do you see ESG efforts evolving over the next decade? Uh, I think simplification will be the keyword, right? Um, so it's funny, ESG, it's, it's like everything. ESG has been around forever. I, like, it's, just a, it's just a term that really um, became prevalent to a lot of folks over the last, I would say, 10 years mm -hmm. with different climate accords that have occurred. 
um, and everyone's getting really anxious about it. But I mean, 50 years ago, people were talking about saving the world from climate disaster, right? Mm -hmm. So it's been around for, for quite a long time. The thing that I think governments have started to do is they've started to flood the market and now companies have done the same with a lot of targets and a lot of standards that creates a, la a layer of confusion around, okay, well, who do I apply to? What do I apply to, right? And I think what we'll see over the next decade is a simplification of what that looks like. I think you'll see a lot more alignment at the governmental level uh, across most major, at least Western countries and, and most, uh, most countries that are um, in uh, first world versus let's say third world or emerging worlds adopt those and you'll start to see the rest start to, to come forward with it. That simplification will allow far more innovation around how do we not only measure it, but how do we act on it? How do we budget for it? How do we change behaviors? How do we change what we're using to move forward? And there's an art behind that simplification. I mean, you can translate this into almost any type of industry, uh, but I'll stick within like an environmental impact standpoint. Electric cars have been around forever. Mm -hmm. They've, they, but it took Tesla innovating with a very simple, very, very simple car that everyone loved. And that simplification, it spread like crazy over a five, six year period. The moment we start to see that within the ESG, just that level of simplification, right. I think we're going to see massive innovation and then massive change. Every company is going to adopt several technical solutions to try and figure this out over the next little while. And then things will shake out from there and it'll become a little bit easier for everyone. Well, that sounds pretty good. Um, Tyler, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Oh, no problem, Jay. Anytime. This was a fantastic conversation. Thanks for the great questions. I, I, I love those. All right. Thanks. That wraps up episode 110 of EHS on tap. Find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.